Okay. How do we make this podcast again? <laughs> I think we press this button here. Welcome to episode four of the Supertop podcast. I'm Oshin, recording from Sarajevo. And I'm Podrick, recording from Vancouver. So last time we chatted with Brent Simmons about Vesper shutting down and what it's like to be an indie when you don't maybe don't worry about the business model. Um, have you been thinking a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's been actually been on my mind quite a lot, more than I even expected. Um, ended up listening to the episode a few times. Even in the last couple of days, I went back to listen to it because some ideas had started it in my mind and I wanted to like place them back in the context of the conversation. So I guess we'll we'll go into some of those a little bit more today. So when we talked to him, um, his suggestion was this idea that he explained in his blog post, Love, which you've mentioned a million times by now, so go read it if you haven't, that you can just go and make iOS apps or whatever you want without necessarily having to have a business model, um, primarily because the business side of it is so hard. When we talked last week, we were agreeing with everything he said, but at the same time, Castro 2 and what Supertop does, we're really not in that. Like, we are trying to make it work as a business. Yeah, but and in the, in that sense, I guess at the time during that conversation, I was, like, my immediate relation was, like, to think about it in terms of Castro 2 and, and the rest of Supertop, and I guess wonder in some ways, like, okay, are we crazy or are we right that this is going to work out um and and so i was applying all that advice to super top but what's kind of happened since then is it kind of really started me going back in my mind and thinking about some of the other ideas that i had when i first started out as an indie developer um i guess like some more kind of arty weird <laughs> experimental ideas that i ended up never doing because of the same pragmatism i guess where it was like okay, I could do a weird app that plays all your music backwards, um, but I guess it's probably not going to be commercial success. Um, and so I never did it. And so why why can't Castro 2 be that kind of app to us? Castro 2 is such a different beast of an app, I think. I mean, we had it's so much more ambitious than... I'll get more into like some of the ideas that I had in years ago, but... It, they definitely weren't on the scale of Castro 2 in terms of like wanting to be a daily part of people's lives, wanting to help them to discover new podcasts, enjoy their podcasts even more. Um, the apps that I had in mind and that fit into that frame of reference for me personally, at least, are on a, like a much different scope. And like there's so much more involved in developing an app like Castro 2 than what I would consider to just necessarily be just the fun parts. I mean, obviously, there's, we, I, we had fun during the development of Castro 2. Yeah. But I guess there's probably some parts of it that weren't necessarily the most fun things in the world to do. Yeah, definitely. So for sure, if we were making this just out of like, it's a hobby we do after work, it's an art project, it's something that we're trying to express ourselves with, there'd be a lot of things that went into Castro 2 that wouldn't have been necessary in that in that context, mm -hmm. like because Castro 2 is trying to be a business success as well. It has to be like a full podcast player that does everything. It can't just have some weird particular gimmick about it and do nothing else. Like Castro 2, I remember writing the OPML importer so that people could export from other apps and bring it into into our app. Yeah, that was, that was a ton of laughs. <laughs> By the time I was working on it, I'd already been using Castro 2 for six months, so I couldn't have cared less about it. 
importing OPML from another app, but obviously it's hugely important for users to actually get on board and start using the app. So I guess we learned our lesson there. Didn't we launch Castro one without an importer of any kind? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember specifically arguing that we didn't need to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we've learned that lesson and yet yeah, not only had to work like, we, it, but it had to be really good. Like, cause it's one of the first things you're going to experience with the app and it's going to set the tone of it. So it, I couldn't just knock it together in an afternoon and be like, there it's done back to the fun stuff. Where if it was a fun idea that I was working on for myself, those are the kinds of things I could just throw away and be like, nope, <laughs> not doing that. I think for me, it's not necessarily just around, oh, if it was just a fun thing that I was doing for myself, I wouldn't like pay that much attention to each aspect of it. Like I think I would still, it's probably still in my personality and the way that I am around the stuff that I released that I would put a lot of attention to detail and what it was. But I think the scope of what I was trying to do, I would probably tone down the scope of it a lot because if I was working on a project that was a side project in that it wasn't necessarily what it, where I was expecting to make my income from, I think I'd be inclined to choose smaller projects where the scope of them wasn't going to creep and get bigger and bigger and where I was going to be able to keep the project being just at that fun stage for longer, I guess. Yeah, I think shorter term projects where the motivation could come from just the excitement of doing the idea. I think that that would definitely help with getting them actually done. Um, yeah, it, so it could be interesting to talk through some of the ideas or other things you've seen that fit into this mold and try to figure out what are the, like what what's what is the nature of these kinds of apps or these kinds of ideas. Yeah, well, I guess one thing that I've kind of started getting a little bit fascinated with lately is, and thinking about in the past week, is just around Twitter bots. Um, oh, right. <laughs> I. Yeah, I've been following Darius Kazemi on Twitter for a good while, Tiny Subversions. I think ever since he had that he had that great talk at XOXO a couple of years back about um how to win the lottery. And so he makes a lot of like really fun Twitter bots that just so there's one called Pentametron which chooses I may not be pronouncing that correctly at all, but like it it retweet every few hours it will retweet two tweets which are rhyme with each other and um are in the what's it called like the pentametric iambic pentameter is that iambic pentameter yeah <laughs> so it finds two tweets that rhyme with each other and then fit it with that uh, model um, and just tweets them and they're completely they were not originally related to each other or not but then you read these these two tweets pop up in your timeline in a row and it's just like a shakespearean poem yeah it's it's, it's really fun or is one called roses are roses are red bot it's like roses are red, violets are blue, and then it's like a headline from a New York Times uh, article that fits in with the rest <laughs> of the sentence. Um, okay, I need to find these. There, I, I actually started like, there's only 10 on it at the moment because I'm new to this bot world, but um, I have like a Prendio 2 Twitter list of like some bots that I found so far. Asher from Panic has, has a few on it as well. Oh, cool. He launched this one the other day called Tiny Skylines, where it's basically like he generates uh, skyline images, posts them every few hours. Julian Lipinski has one called Apple Finally, which um, <laughs> just retweets tweets, I think, that with the words Apple Finally did something. In the right. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen that one. It's a good one. Um, this obviously seems like so unrelated to what we're talking about, but this was the... For me, at least in the in the past week, like my fascination with these Twitter bots is what started to kind of feed into 
the way that I was thinking back on what Brent had said and the idea behind his love post where basically I just started thinking, oh, it'd be cool. Maybe I could, maybe in my spare time I could, like, I started trying to think of ideas for Twitter bots. It's like, oh, just as, like, an outlet to do something that wasn't directly related to, wasn't related, I guess, to Supertop at all and just was, like, something else where I do get to sit down in front of my computer, I get to code, um, and it's not something where I'm trying to make money or I'm trying to have any commercial interest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from my daydreams about Twitter bots, I started thinking back more to like some of those app ideas that I had in the past when I was starting out. I mean, my first app that I ever made was, I guess, a little bit more in the vein of a Castro type app where it was a music player um, that would... It was an alternative to the built-in music player on the iPhone, basically. It's not on the store anymore, but it was a nice project of mine, obsession of mine, I guess, for a year or two at least. Um, but the other other ideas that I had at that time were kind of inspired not so much by apps, but more by like stuff from other media that I really enjoyed. Um, to take it back to the Twitter boss for a second, like another one that I've been really fascinated by is... Um, at this JPEG bot, which essentially searches for an image in Google Images and then starts progressively saving JPEG versions of it down and down. So so it'll take the image, convert it to JPEG at 99% quality. Okay. Then save, then convert it at 98%, then 97%. Oh, right. And it keeps going, like it converts it 100 times until, and then it posts the final image, which has been converted at 1% quality. Can you, do they all look the same or can you still tell what it is? There is a similar style between them. You can you can often tell what it would have started out at as, but there's like there's an aesthetic to it which is not the aesthetic that I would have expected. Like if you from hearing of that process, it's a very different aesthetic than I would have expected. But what's interesting for me about that is to see like this finished output, this image that has been the result, and I I can look at that and enjoy it or not I guess on an aesthetic level but then the whole process that went into creating it is fascinates me as well and that brought me back remembering about like other influences that I had years ago where like that were more from art or like sound experiment world um it's this uh guy called Alvin Lucier who did this recording in the I think in the 70s called I am sitting in a room and (laughs) What he basically did was, so he read a passage into a microphone and starts, I am sitting in a room. Different from the one you are in now. And it goes on to explain the process of what he's going to do, essentially, which is to record his voice and then play it back into the room and record it playing and record that and then play that back and record that. He continues recording it on a loop like that until you can't hear the words anymore, but you can hear like the traces of where the words were, or it's like the echoes that came from the words have just like reinforced themselves over and over again. So all you can hear is the echoes and the sounds around the room, but you can't hear the actual voice anymore. Okay. Wow. And that's this thing where I guess I'm like obsessed with this idea of like the the process or whatever that went that goes into it and then that creates something unexpected and something new. There's this guy called William Basinski who released these albums called Disintegration Loops where I can't remember if they were his loops or if they were found material but he had like some loops of music essentially short loops that were on tape 
and he digitized them. But as they were being digitized, so they were looping over and over through the machine. Um, but as because the tape was quite fragile, as it's looping over and over in the machine, the tape starts to destroy itself. And so you're listening to a loop that's like slowly and slowly evolving until it's completely destroyed. Hmm. And there's something really beautiful about that. Seems to be a theme of like things degrading over time in, your, in these examples. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess something about the JPEG bot just brought all that flooding back to me. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I had an idea for like more of an app thing, but along these lines where it would be you sign in with your Twitter account. And I, it's kind of a negative idea, really, but I thought of it, I think, uh, maybe a year or so ago when I was getting really fed up with Twitter that you sign in with your Twitter account and then it would, you know, like a Buddhist mandala where they like make a painting with, I guess, chalk dust and it's really beautiful. And then as soon as it's done, they maybe maybe leave it for a day and then sweep it all up and it's gone. Yeah, I've seen house cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the first time one was ever made actually. So that was, I'm glad you saw the, the original <laughs> one. Um, so yeah, and there, so there's something cool about that idea that it's like you put all this work into something um, and then you just accept that things don't last forever and you immediately get rid of them and move on. So you wanted to do that with your Twitter account? That's kind of the broad context that like, I think I have like 27,000 tweets or something like that. And most of them are terrible. And I was just imagining you log into this app and then it just, I, I'm not sure exactly what the dynamics would be, but just over time it deletes like thousands of your tweets and that you just let them go. <laughs> and eventually you get down to maybe no tweets and it could start messing up your profile picture or um, like making that blow away. And so like completely stupid app that no one should pay for really, but... No, but it should totally exist. Yeah, but it would be a, f a fun thing to do. Um, there's no business angle on it really. And it would just be a way to express, I guess, the, I don't know, some kind of frustration with Twitter <laughs> or... Yeah, how that world has all gone. Yeah, yeah. Be kind of a cool statement on that, maybe. I don't know. The reason why I started talking about I am sitting in a room, for example, like years ago, I wanted to make an app out of like and base it on a similar concept to that. And I didn't ever make it or any of the other ideas that I had around stuff like that because I got wrapped up in the idea that, no, I need to choose my next project based on what is going to have the most potential business-wise, I guess. Mm. And so when you talk about like apps like the, the Twitter mandala, um, it makes me kind of wish more apps like that existed. Like Brent had that great statement last week about how art apps may not be art, but some of them treat us like it is our, it is our art. I really messed that one up, but along, the, along those veins, anyhow. Yeah, some of us, some of us treat them as if they're our art, I think. And I totally identified with that. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. It's our art. Like, that's what we're doing with Castro 2. But this week I started feeling like, oh, maybe it's not so much. I don't think it is my art so, as much as it is a craft that I'm extremely proud of. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And definitely as we try different things to make the business side work, like it maybe gets even further away from the emphasis being on the art sides of it. And like you have, when the whole 
premise is that it's a business project that you're trying to make a living off, then like always the other things are going to be the first to go, maybe. Mm. I wonder is like the evolution from Castro 1 to Castro 2, like is any of that more evident, like in terms of moving towards thinking of it as a craft than an art? So one thing that comes to mind is the artwork treatment, for example, that we did in Castro 1. Yeah. And that we spent weeks and probably possibly even months like fine tuning it. And there was so much variance to it, but we were so obsessed that, okay, we have to make as many pod of these screens look as amazing as possible. Yeah, that's the perfect analogy, I think, is that, yeah, we spent all that time in Castro 1. And then Castro 2, it was it was on our list to do an artwork treatment. And then it just kept getting put put off and put off and put off. And then, and then the app was ready, so we launched it. <laughs> And maybe that was part of the feeling in 2008 when apps came out would be that like, oh, I can do these little projects and also maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll make 10 grand as well. Mm -hmm. And then that can be my, then I'll do another little project. And I think that was maybe a really exciting time for people who made weird art projects. <laughs> and obviously that hasn't lasted. But that's what definitely held me off, I guess, in the end, doing any of my weird app ideas was thinking, okay, I'm not going to make money on them so why bother <laughs> now you can think like i'm not going to make money off them so i might as well <laughs> yeah exactly i kind of feel like i just want to like have another outlet that isn't so focused on on the business side yeah since it's not it's not meeting that or like satisfying that need anymore the way it was even in castor one i think apps can be more than businesses and i do think there is room there for us to express other ideas in it like i mean when you talked about that twitter mandala idea and you, uh, you used the words about like that it would express this idea or this concept around like a broader concept around twitter or would make a point about twitter it wouldn't just be a utility it would like have a have a message or have a point and i think it'll be really interesting to see like if apps move in that direction or i guess yeah it could be could be pretty cool i mean there's a whole world of those little flash apps. I don't know what you call them. I'm going to say apps. But like this huge worlds of people making indie games and various weird things in Flash for years and years. Yeah, I used to be obsessed with those as well. Yeah. It'd be kind of interesting if that happened more on the App Store. Like you see some examples for sure. Like uh, Desert Golfing, I think, is the one that keeps going through my mind. Actually, that's one thing I was wondering is like, is it like... Does it happen more in games? Like, or do, do games lead lend themselves more to that? Desert golf. Oh wow, I love that thing. Yeah, and it's pretty. But it's pretty fully formed. It's not just like a weird idea that you look at for a minute. It's not a demo. No, I looked at it for many hours. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, it's an actual game, and people people get ridiculously addicted to it. Some people. Wasn't I? I was number two in the world on desert golf once. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't checked Game Center in a while. I, I better not now. It's dangerous. Maybe games is a better place for those kinds of things. There's a place for other things too. I downloaded this app a few weeks ago, which does. I didn't think too much of more of it at the time other than I had a good chuckle out of it. Uh, but there's this app called Aestheticam. Okay. Aestheticam, which pitches itself as the worst camera in the world or something like that. I can't <laughs> remember the exact tagline. But you take a picture with it and then it just does this, like these ridiculous effects on the picture, like duplicates the picture a few times, adds captions over on top of it, just makes it look like the, a way you would never actually want a picture to look. Um, and there's not really 
there's no like real purpose to it other than it's I guess it's entertainment I guess it's fun hmm. I'm not sure where the line is between entertainment and art or exactly where that falls on that line but I wouldn't worry about it too much <laughs> of the stuff we've been talking about I think it's more the point of doing something that you want to do without being bound by a requirement to have it be a business I guess I'm not so much wondering like, oh, is this the direction? Is this going to happen a lot more on the App Store or even predicting that or even necessarily hoping that? It's more just that I realized that that's what I would like to do personally. Yeah. Um, And that's actually been a really nice feeling for the past week to kind of get reinvigorated and excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully taking a bit of time to do some kind of little projects like that. One thing that Come, keeps coming up in the back of my mind when I think about this whole thing and the idea of doing apps out of love and how we've realized that we wouldn't make an app like Castro 2 just as a scratching an itch or a hobby or making a point. It's like, how do those apps get made in this new world? And they probably don't, I guess. Well, maybe they get made by Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think, because that's not, this is what I necessarily would do just as to scratch an itch or without concentrating fully on it as a business. I think that doesn't mean that nobody should or nobody will. But I think that that line between an app that's a serious like app that you're intended to use every day where they've debugged the, all the weird issues that can come up and all that kind of stuff. And maybe they answer support email and they plan to do updates. Um, and it's a paid app. They've taken someone's money. Like all those things make it, make the nature of it something that, is less like less something you're going to get excited about on your way home from work that you're going to work on for a few hours for me personally at least yeah but but i think for anyone like that it's if there's all these if there are all these extra things that you have to do to make it a feasible business thing and your whole motivation that your your whole rationale for doing it is that it's not like you're giving yourself the freedom not to have to run a business um i think there are apps that don't get made in that world <laughs> Now you're making me sad. <laughs> but this is, yeah, I don't know. The App Store is totally changing and it's all going to be fixed soon. Anytime now. <laughs> so what are what are some of your ideas that you want to work on? Do you want to talk about them? Um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I gave away my one brilliant idea and you won't even give us one. Well, I mean, I definitely do want to go ahead and do something like that. Alvin Lucier's experiment. I have no idea how it's going to sound recording from like iPhones and iPad speakers and microphones, but I'd love to try it out as an experiment at least and then like see if it was interesting enough to, if it created some interest in sound and effects. And then it'd be a pretty basic app really. I mean, it would just have a session, would record some audio, play it back, record that, play it back. Um, so I'm going to like do a prototype of that at least and see if it sounds interesting or completely awful. And if it sounds at least interesting, I guess, then I'll probably end up like throwing on some kind of visuals, waves or something like that. But people like really basic app. When I, I was in Slovenia last week visiting some friends um, and we ended up talking about these ideas. And I realized as I was talking through some of the stuff that like as opposed to it's that it's not just about the money and even my scale of like what I would consider consider like a success to work on to make one of these things it's like so different than even it was when I was thinking about it years ago. Like I'd love to just make this and like, I don't know, five people think that it's funny or interesting. Or like, I was, like years ago, me and my friend Mike were at a party um, and we went out into a hallway. It was late at night. 
<laughs> but we went out into the hallway in the dark and just like put on the recording of that Alvin Lucier thing and it starts getting really distorted and we sat there listening to it. I know even if there's just some people like had some fun with the app in that way um, and emailed me and told me about it, like that would just be such a, give me a kick, I guess. Um, one of the other things that I had like half planned years ago was a trilogy of apps that were, I think the tagline I had written them for them was like the, the music player you never wanted something like that <laughs> i'm not sure if i would do these ones but like one of them was one of them was called dopey which like d-o-p-i which was like just like choose any song from your library and like play it in reverse mm -hmm. that came from there was this animal collective album uh was it animal collective was it, there was an album called pull hair rubby uh, that was like the, it was avatari from animal collective and the whole album was just in reverse so then I started messing around with songs and putting them in reverse. Um, and I actually did in 2013 made a prototype of this app called Dronify, uh, which would, again, you choose any album from your, I mean, any song from your library and it slowed it down. I can't remember a hundred, 200 times, maybe a thousand times, something like that. And it was based on this YouTube video um, of a Justin Bieber song that had been slowed down. But it had used like the, the one on YouTube had used Paul Stretch, I think, which is like it just created a much better effect than I was able to get at the time on uh, on iOS. So I never I never released it in the end, but it was just because I wasn't happy with the with the quality of the sound. Oh, OK. Oh, <laughs> I have this thing on my list here called Angelus 24 <laughs> seven. <laughs> which would be, which would be an app that just just plays a bell ringing once a second, and would pull like Creative Commons pictures from the internet of people of people staring into space. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to. <laughs> so in in Ireland at around is it six p.m. I think six or six oh one something. Oh yeah, six p.m. and then the news comes on at six oh one. So on the national broadcaster RTE, there's an the Angelas are, are played, which are basically a call to prayer, but we, we would never use that term, I guess. And so that's all cool. But then the thing that RTE has done with this um, one minute over the last, well, as long as I've been alive has been the same thing. And they just show like short clips of videos of people who are usually working or doing something about their day. And then they, you know, they hear the bell and look up and pause for a moment and smell the fart. I bet you didn't think we'd end up talking about the Angelus. It only took us until episode four to get to the Angelus. Yeah, that's a remarkable restraint. <laughs> so you're going to go and film a bunch of... You're no, the, like... the images are going to come, be like Creative Commons photos from the internet. Okay, and just dong. Yep. That's pretty good. It's going to be number one app in Ireland. <laughs> Anyhow, to get back on topic for a second, I guess... My main takeaway is that in a few years, if I can look back over the preceding years from now um, and look at a super top that's doing well, that is the basis of both our incomes and is supporting us in that way, and at the same time have worked on and released some of these more experimental, weird, silly ideas even that I have, I think that it would make me very happy. And I think that conversation with Brent will have been the turning point that 
really helped me realize that it's fine to go and work on some of that weirder stuff that I wasn't able to justify before. Yeah, it's been a good reminder that those projects are possible. I think we had just put them all aside for a long time. Yeah, I totally had had disregarded them and thought that they didn't were never going to be part of my career. And I guess they wouldn't necessarily be career-based, but if I can get to at least make some of those things. I mean, I've spent, they've managed to last this long in my head, so there must be some part of me that wants some of them to happen at least. Yeah, I think that's a good sign that it's not just ideas that you just came up with that you're excited about today. They're long-term things that keep coming up. That's always a good sign of something that's maybe worth doing. Well, maybe we should wrap this one up. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting episode. I th I think we're going to try and stick on a two week schedule now with our podcast. Yeah. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can review it on iTunes and that'll help other people find it too. Uh, I'm Podrig. You can find me on Twitter at, at Podrig, P-A-D-R-A-I-G. And I'm Oshin and you can find me on Twitter at Prendio2. That's P-R-E-N-D-I-O-2. Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See us. <laughs>